Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, February 26th, 2024. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, this is the last partial week of February, which means Ooh. that March is just a few days away. That means things are going to get crazy. I know for your schedule, we're going to talk about the theatrical schedule here in a little bit. Lots of off-Broadway stuff, but we're starting to see more Broadway things sneak their way in. It's going to be a crazy two months. Are you ready? Are you carb-loading already? Like, what are you doing to make sure that you are ready for this incredible two months of theatrical previews and openings and events? Honestly, I looked at my schedule and I kind of blacked out when you said that. So I'm choosing to go in as I have, in most cases, blind. Like I'm I'm choosing to just say yes. I'm, I'm trying to go with God. I'm trying to make sure all of my underwear is clean. Like I'm just trying to get through, Matt. I'm just trying to get through. I think that's fair. That is very fair. Lots going on. We will get into all of that here on this episode and in the coming weeks and months. But if you want to hear everything that we talk about throughout the Tony season, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. Grace, I feel like maybe at some point we should do like a spring preview as we get into March, talking about all the shows opening, what we've heard, what we know, things like that. I think that would be a good Patreon exclusive episode. So check for that very soon. I agree. So we got a little bit of surprising and disappointing news on Friday. Coming from the New York Times, it was reported that Second Stage is going to be giving up its off-Broadway theater, the Tony Kaiser Theater, due to some lease issues and the general overall difficulty in the landscape for not-for-profit theaters, not only in New York City, but across the country. The Tony Kaiser Theater used to be a bank building, a, a major bank building, and Second Stage took it over on what was supposed to be a multi-year lease heading into 2029. However, they exercised a one-time only option to get out of the lease, and the reasoning that the New York Times gives for it is the fact that they just said the lease terms were not beneficial for the theater company, saying that the building's infrastructure was in serious need of repair. But under the terms of the lease, the renter, the occupier, second stage, was responsible for those repairs and maintenance. And trying to make the finances work for those upgrades wasn't ideal. And the company said that the rent that they were paying was about twice the market rate and that the landlord could just terminate the lease at any time with an 18 month notice. So they would have to kind of be out on their own if the landlord decided that they wanted to find somebody else to pay for it. So second stage is deciding to give up the lease for the Tony Kaiser at the end of 2024. They will now start looking for another venue to house their off-Broadway productions. Of course, they also own the Helen Hayes Theater on Broadway, so they will not be vacating Midtown completely. But Grace, having a major off-Broadway theater in the Times Square area, I guess it's probably still technically Times Square where that is, that is a huge thing for a not-for-profit theater company to have it in that walking distance. But with the financial terms being what they apparently are, it, it does not make sense for them. And they are going to give that up. It is just another example of how it's really hard out there for for not-for-profit theater companies. We've been talking about that a lot lately, unfortunately. But uh, sad to see this. But hopefully they will find somewhere to land on their feet in the fairly near future so that we can know where their shows will be taking place in 2025. Yeah, especially with like MCC having that new gorgeous facility um, between 10th and 11th out next to the water. And, and, you know, switching from like the Lortel downtown to there. 
I'm just seeing we're we're seeing like kind of the casualties of the past like two to three decades of where a lot of these nonprofits have been housed and where they're able to sustain. I don't know. Um, but second stage obviously has the Helen Hayes. So that's nice. But in terms of, you know, something that's just, you know, shy of those Broadway houses, I'm not sure. And I don't even know what they would do, what that building will do. Will they renovate it to not be a theater? What a miss. You know, I just, I'm curious as well as you are. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, it'll probably be turned into some soulless big box commercial retail space. I mean, that's basically what everything is if it's, you know, not historically protected. So, I mean, good for them. I guess the landlord raising the rent to twice what market value is was probably wanting to get them out. I mean, I, I mean, there was nothing in the New York Times report that like the rent had gone up, but keeping it that high is not a recipe to keep somebody in there for a long time. Unfortunately, that was not the only not-for-profit theater news that was disappointing that came out on Friday. We also learned that the North Carolina Theater filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. This is due to all sorts of things happening in the theater community in and around North Carolina and uh, not-for-profit organizations dating back to during and even before the COVID-19 pandemic they're going to undergo financial restructuring, which is normally part of the bankruptcy proceedings, and the rest of their 2024 season has been suspended. They are hopefully trying to find ways to return in the future, and they have plans to return to their smaller A.J. Fletcher Theater, which is kind of like their black box type thing. One nice thing about this is as well, productions will stop. North Carolina Theater will continue programming at the NCT Conservatory, where students go through acting, dance, and voice training as well. But it's tough out there, Grace. And I, I don't know, short of some dramatic overhaul to how these institutions are funded and, and work, short of some sort of government involvement, which we do not see in the United States nearly like we do in other modern Western countries. Uh, I, I, I'm afraid that this will continue to happen uh, more and more in the future. All right, let's take a real quick break to talk about one of our sponsors for this week, Factor. You know that I absolutely love Factor Meals. They have been one of the highlights of my days and weeks since they came into my life. This week, just by itself, I get six meals. I've doubled up on some of these. So my meals this week are dill crusted chicken with cheddar broccoli grits. I upped myself for a gourmet plus meal and got the truffle butter filet mignon. I also have the chimichurri pork tenderloin and roasted garlic chicken. And Grace, I've also started getting the smoky bacon and cheddar egg bites, which are great to have in the morning. Factor has so many different meal options every week. They are all nutritious, dietitian approved, and chef created. You cannot go wrong with Factor. I'm not even being funny right now. The problem with Factor is that they actually taste good. Hear me out. If you had <laughs> planned on going out to dinner, you're not going to want to. And I know that sounds like a lie, but it's literally happening to me. I love my Factor meals. They're really tasty. They're perfectly portioned. They're so fast. With Matt and I talking about the insane 
Broadway schedule. I do not have time to go out all the time. I do not have the money to go out all the time. So Factor is not only saving me time, it's saving me money and it's delicious. So I actually cannot find a reason to not love this. So head to factormeals.com slash Broadway 50 and use code Broadway 50 to get 50% off. That's code Broadway 50 at factormeals.com slash Broadway 50 to get 50% off. All right, Grace, speaking of everybody's insane theatrical schedule, let's dive into what's happening this week. There's a lot of stuff happening, so I'm just going to run through things fairly quickly. But it starts on Monday night tonight downtown at the Classic Stage Company, where they will open Fiasco Theater Company's production of Pericles. That show obviously is uh, by William Shakespeare. It's directed by Ben Steinfeld and has a phenomenal cast of Fiasco alums and members, including... Andy Gratolution, who we know and love and who is a regular both with Fiasco and with Classic Stage Company. This show is scheduled to run through March 24th. Then, Grace, on Tuesday, we have our next Broadway show, and that is An Enemy of the People, which will begin performances on Tuesday at the Circle in the Square Theater ahead of its planned opening night on March 18th. We're going to talk a little bit more about this one at the end of the episode, but of course was written by Henrik Ibsen, and a new version of the show has been penned by Amy Herzog. Her IRL husband, Sam Gold, is directing this production. It has a phenomenal cast led by Jeremy Strong, Michael Imperioli, and Victoria Pedretti. Also on Tuesday night, downtown at the Public Theater, we have the official opening night for the new play by Itamar Moses called The Ally. It is directed by Lila Neugebauer and is currently scheduled to run through March 17th. Would not be surprised if we hear another extension for this one, as we have already heard at least one. It focuses on a college professor named Asif, played by Josh Radner, and what happens when he is asked to sign a social justice manifesto. Moving to Wednesday, Grace, we have one off-Broadway opening happening over at City Center, and this is Manhattan Theater Company's off-Broadway production of John Patrick Shanley's play, Brooklyn Laundry. Shanley not only wrote it, but he also directs the cast that features Cecily Strong, David Zayas, Florencia Lozano, and fairly recent Broadway video guest Andrea Siglowski. This one is currently scheduled to run through March 31st, so check that one out. And then, Grace, I want to talk about this one uh, real quick here because I know it is at a theater that a lot of people are still a little bit confused about. But on Wednesday, the first off-Broadway performances of Dead Outlaw will begin at the Mineta Lane Theater. And I think people get confused from what I understand because it's audible theater, but it's at the Mineta Lane Theater. So is it like a real production or is it just an audio production? So this is a new musical, again, book by Itamar Moses. So a big day for him coming up on Wednesday. It has music and lyrics by David Yazbek and Eric Della Pena. It was conceived by Yazbek and is directed by recent Broadway radio guest, David Cromer. It's a new musical about a preserved body of an Old West train robber that ends up being preserved as part of a California amusement park in the 70s. It sounds crazy, but Grace, you have seen a lot of shows at the Mineta Lane, especially with Audible Theater, and how this works is is these are real shows. They are fully staged productions, but they will be recorded so that they end up eventually being a part of your Audible audio-only streaming subscription. Am I getting that right? I know you've seen a lot of things over there. Yeah, it's like saying that, uh, you know, a performance is being captured for PBS performances, right? It's literally just a a regular 
theatrical production that they just also happen to record the audio from. <laughs> that's 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 what they, I mean. It's much more complex than that because they do an incredible job, and obviously their whole platform is audio recording, so they take it very seriously. But it's an exciting thing because you are getting the visual of what this live performance is, but everyone at home is able to listen to these performances way after the curtains have closed. So it's a great opportunity. I got to hear a sneak peek of Dead Outlaw a couple of months ago at Audible's uh, anniversary night or or what have you. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I I think it's going to be super fun. And and anybody that loves Yazbek is going to love this. Yeah. Then on Friday, March 1st, we will have the final off-Broadway performance from one of our favorite theater companies, the Vineyard Theater, from Russian Troll Farm, the new play by Sarah Gancher. All right, moving to Saturday, we will have the first off-Broadway performances of the new musical Ellen Noyes. Last week, we talked about the fact that it had extended for two performances at the Park Avenue Armory, so it is going to run from March 2nd through March 26th as of now. This is the New York City premiere of the musical based on the album Illinois by Sufjan Stevens. It features a book by Justin Peck and Jackie Siblis Drury. Peck directs and choreographs. Highly interested in what this one looks like. I'm really hoping that it extends more because I don't think I'm going to be in town during March. So if I can't be there, Grace, hopefully lots of folks are able to check this one out and let me know what they think. But Knock on wood that I'm going to get a chance to check this out because it has a ton of dancers that I really, really love. And obviously knowing Tony Winter, Justin Peck's work, I'm sure that that will be really captivating movement. Then on Sunday, we have a first preview over at The Shed. This is a new play written by Lucy Preble called The Effect. It is directed by the one and only Jamie Lloyd. Of course, we always love anything that he does. It is currently scheduled to run through March 31st. Hopefully there are some extensions there as well. The show is described thusly, what impulses define who we really are? As Connie and Tristan settle into their participation in a clinical drug trial, they begin to fall in love. But how can they be sure it's the real thing and not an exhilarating side effect of the new antidepressant they're taking? Super fascinated about this one. Cannot wait to hear more about it. Then on Sunday, Grace, we also have the closing, kind of, of four performances, at least of three. But the first one will actually take place at the aforementioned Helen Hayes Theater, where we will have the final performance of this run of Appropriate on Broadway before it transfers to the Belasco with performances beginning on March 25th. Then we will also have the final performance on Sunday of Jelly's Last Jam at New York City Center Encores, a show that you absolutely raved about earlier in the week. Then we will have the final off-Broadway performance for The Apiary, the new play by Kate Douglas. That's already been extended once. It'll end up its run at the Tony Kaiser Theater on Sunday. All right, Grace, busy schedule this week. But before we get into the rest of the news, let's take a second to talk about our other sponsor for this week, BetterHelp. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour every day, whether that's go for a run or take a nap, read a book, check in with a friend that you don't get to talk to all that often. Lots of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, what would you do? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and to make that a priority. And therapy is something that can help you figure out what matters to you so that you can do more of that rather than all of the other things around the periphery of your life. Therapy is something that I think a lot of us might like take for granted or possibly have 
trauma behind. I mean, let's face it, it's very scary to open up to people. It's very scary to sit there across from a person that you don't know very well to say, here are all of my deepest things or, or even just like tangential things, right? And I think that one of the greatest inventions that we've ever had when it comes to mental health is BetterHelp. It's the first recommendation I always give to my friends when they say that they've never dealt with therapy before because it's such a freeing experience to be able to sit across from something that we're used to using every single day, our phone, and telehelp and get that therapy that we all deserve and need, especially going into a very hectic year. It's a politically charged year. There's so much happening in the world. We all deserve to be heard right now and you can be heard with better help so learn to make time for what makes you happy with better help visit betterhelp.com slash broadway today to get 10 percent off your first month that's betterhelp help.com slash broadway all right grace just a few little bits of news before we dive into some feel-good recommendations just a few performances into its off-Broadway run, Playwrights Horizons has announced that the new musical Teeth by Anna K. Jacobs and Michael R. Jackson has been extended, originally slated to close on March 31st. It will now run through April 14th. And then also, man, this is a, uh, a, a big one for people my age. But next week in New York City, there will be an industry presentation for a new musical called Here Is Gone which is a sci-fi dystopian musical set to the music of the Goo Goo Dolls. I mean, I don't know what else I can say about this. Uh, it is from playwright James Menesis, and it features such songs as Name, Truth is a Whisper, Feel the Silence, and Black Balloon. So some of their big hits, but also some of their deep cuts. Fascinated to hear what this is all about. I, I wouldn't say that I'm a huge Goo Goo Dolls fan, Grace, but it's impossible to be my age and not know so, so much of their catalog. I was going to say, Dizzy Up the Girl is literally a form of culture. Um, I, I love the Goo Goo Dolls. I'm such a fan. What was what was the movie with um, Meg Ryan? Was it, it was Messengers or something. Um, it was like there was like an angel. Yeah, and Nick Cage. Yes, 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 yes. It is City Not of Angels. City of Angels. Yes. Oh, uh, City it. of Angels. Andre Brower was in it as well. But I remember Iris being such a big part of that film. Oh, yeah. Um, and whenever people, when I was younger in theater, this is just a fun fact for our listeners that will hate me. Um, <laughs> whenever people would mention City of Angels, the musical, I always thought they were talking <laughs> about this film. And so literally one day I was like, Oh, weird. Like, who sings Iris? And they were like, what are you talking about? And that's when I realized that there were two things called City of Angels. Still <laughs> never heard it because I refuse. Now Now I've committed to this bit. But yeah, so so just know that I am thinking of that and, and good for this show. Yeah. I'm obviously a fan of 90s music being used in musicals. So bring it, bring it on. Uh, yeah, Bring It On did not use 90s music, but that's another story. But speaking <sighs> of shows... That used, this is not 90s music mainly, I think it's mostly 80s music, but as we get into our feel-good recommendations, 
I have to point you to the music video for the heart of rock and roll. Uh, so much fun. I posted about it. It just looks like an absolute treat. I cannot wait to check out this show. So check out that music video in the show notes. We also have video from the Tamron Hall show in which Jordan Fisher and Ani DeFranco performed from Hades town. We also have a performance of the song uh, stay from Limpika from Amber Amon. So check those videos all out in the show notes. And then the final thing that I want to recommend is a story from Jackson McHenry in Vulture, which is a profile of Amy Herzog and Sam Gold. They talk about the fact that early in their relationship, when they started dating in 2007, before they got married in 2011, that they decided they didn't want to work together. That would just be weird for them to be a writer and director working on the same project. But their love of Henrik Ibsen and especially an enemy of the people has brought them together in this show. So a, f- a fascinating profile of two very, very interesting New York City theater artists. So check that one out. All right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can follow me on Instagram at BWW. Matt Grace, where can people find you? You can find me at It's Grace Hockey. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Monday, a wonderful week, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>